Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Happy Tuesday. Here is the game plan. If you hadn't heard, I recorded a U.S. Open reaction podcast, about 30 minutes. Some thoughts of what we saw over the week and definitely on Sunday. So that came out on Monday. Today will be an interview only with uh, former Georgia quarterback and current volume podcaster Aaron Murray. He, uh, he has a podcast called Snaps with T-Bob, who is a trip, former LSU offensive lineman, who I think I'm going to interview later this week. We'll have that podcast out in the next couple weeks. So this is just going to be me and Aaron Murray talking some football, talking SEC, talking quarterbacks. And then we will have more golf stuff coming up Wednesday. We're going to interview a player on the PGA Tour who might have been involved with the Netflix special. Talk to Sobel about some lasting images of his thoughts on the, uh, where am I looking for? The U.S. Open. (laughs) And then I will do a heavy, heavy mailbag come Friday. So I I have a lot of mailbag questions I got to get to. If you haven't hit me up, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and I will bang out a mailbag come Friday. So buckle up. We got content galore. We'll keep grinding. And hopefully you guys enjoy. Share the podcast with your friends. It's also all up on YouTube, the Volumes YouTube page. And other than that, I, I think that'll do it. So enjoy Aaron Murray. But before we get into him, I need you to go to your smartphone, download the Game Time app. They are the official ticketing app of this podcast, three and out. And when you sign up for Game Time, whether you want to go to a baseball game, a football game this fall, whether you want to go to a concert, a comedy show, use the promo code John, J-O-H-N. First-time users get $20 off. Download the GameTime app, promo code John. Really easy to do. Take your son, take a buddy, take your wife, get out of the house, enjoy your life, enjoy yourself, and do it on me. Hey, we have a uh, special guest, a colleague, host of Snaps on the Volume, you can see him calling SEC football games on ESPN, the SEC Network. You can just find them all around. I I, I, I have to uh, validate this with him, but the all-time leading touchdown passer in Georgia history, not not a bad stat to have, especially the last, last couple of years, Aaron Murray. Hey, 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 just, just to correct you, SEC history. SEC. Um, oh, so. Okay. My, my, my bad. I, I'm going to roll that Sorry. one back. Um <laughs> Aaron Murray, what's up? Hopefully for a lot longer. Uh, this this damn quarterback at Mississippi State got the, the benefit of playing in some air raid offense where they throw the ball from the one-yard line for the past few years. So we'll see if he can uh, take me down here the next year or two. But um, yeah, well, records are meant to be broken. That's why I'm still ticked off. I don't got a damn ring on my finger. I, you know, it's funny. For those of us on the West Coast, I mean, SC football is pretty big. UCLA basketball's had some moments. But the SEC... Even the Big Ten, too, to uh, to an extent, but the SEC has been on another level. Do you? I, I know you didn't win a national championship. You've been in the SEC championship game. Do you, now that they're champions against first time, I guess they've done a back to back now since 1980. Do you do you pay for anything when you go to town? 
I mean, did, did you get lumped into uh, that or have you not been paying for anything for 15 years? Uh, I get taken care of a lot of times, which is great. You know, it, it, it's um, not as well as Stetson. I tell you what, Stetson, you know, winning back-to-back natties at the quarterback position, I don't think he's going to have to pay for anything, not only in Athens, but probably the state of Georgia. So, you know, he better, you know, apply for, I guess you can't apply for Augusta, but you can somewhat hit, you know, maybe he'll get that Augusta membership, you know, Peachtree here in Atlanta, like all the top golf courses, he needs to start figuring out ways to become a member at, uh, which will be good. He can use some of that NIL money here last year to pay for, for those memberships. But uh, yeah, listen, there, there's a reason why I'm from Florida. I grew up in Tampa. Um, I love Tampa. I miss it. I miss the weather all year long, but I would be an absolute idiot to leave the state of Georgia. And that's when I kind of tell all the kids that go to UGA. I was like, man, if you do right on the football field, in the community, like once a dog, always a dog, like the, the, the people of this state will take care of you, which is, which is awesome, which is also why um, I currently live in Atlanta and absolutely love it. I remember a couple of years ago, I got a buddy that scouts the SEC and, you know, obviously you go through Alabama. So he knew Kirby pretty well. And he said early on in Kirby's tenure, he's like, listen, I don't pretend to be 24 seven high school sports rivals guy, but it's pretty clear that Georgia has, even when you talk to these college coaches, this was like three or four years ago, was going to have an incredible, like couple high school classes. And he's like, Kirby's going to clean up on this and you better watch yep. out. And it has clearly come to fruition because you guys were always really good, right? Your teams, yep. ton of NFL players. It feels like he's equaled now Alabama top to bottom talent or some of those Urban Meyer Florida teams where it's just like the season starts and they are on one or two. Not like could win the national championship, like should win uh, the national championship. Yeah. Well, there's no real in, in, in-state threat. You know, Georgia Tech's not a threat. Just, just That's you know, true. Yeah. About that one. Like if, if you're, if you're a kid worth its, its salt here in the state of Georgia and is a big time recruit, you probably grew up a Georgia fan and you probably want to go to Georgia. So if Kirby comes in his helicopter and flies in the 50 yard line of your high school field and says, Hey, here's your offer from the university of Georgia, nine out of 10 times, you're probably going to take it. You know, Alabama still recruits at a high level, but obviously you do have Auburn there that may you know contend. And I wouldn't say that the town is not as good in the state of Alabama as is in Georgia. Obviously Florida, you got Florida state, you got Miami, you got everyone in your, and their brother that wants to go to Florida recruit, you know, LSU's kind of in the same path. I would say Louisiana, those kids who grew up in Louisiana want to go to LSU, which is why I think Brian Kelly's in a great spot to obviously have success year one and then continue to have success there in Baton Rouge. But, you know, Georgia, like I said, Georgia's in a unique spot. They're probably top three, four when it comes to high school talent, and then they don't have the competition to to really compete in state to get these top recruits. So Kirby's in a great spot. And, you know, I also tell a lot of people this when it comes to a checklist, of when Kirby's selling Georgia to mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or the recruit facilities, top five in the country. When it comes to campus life, downtown life, you know, kind of enjoying yourself. For those who have never been to Athens, Georgia, it is absolutely incredible. You look at all ratings for college experiences, it's one of the top ones out there. Academics, it's number three in the SEC behind Florida and Vanderbilt. You're an hour away from Atlanta, Georgia, one of the biggest markets here in the Southeast. You know, NIL opportunities are through the roof as well. So, like, you check off every single box. Oh, now you win championships and you got championship trophies. And then also Kirby's putting guys in the first round just as, 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 as well as Nick Saban is. So, you get the full experience at Georgia. And this is why when, when Kirby took the job back in 16, Nick Saban said it, man, like, Georgia's a sleeping giant. You get the full experience and treatment when you come to the University of Georgia, which is why, um, you know, I think Kirby's got this thing going in a direction where I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Well, it feels like there are four schools, correct me if I'm wrong, that if you get the right coach, it's just, it's on like Donkey Kong. That's Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Georgia. And Georgia's proven that. Florida's proven that before. Saban's proven it. Alabama and LSU, obviously, is won three yeah. championships in the last three decades with three different coaches. You know, the thing with Kirby, you have a unique experience because you, you went up against him as a player, right? And, and mm-hmm. as Alabama was really shooting like a rocket ship, your relationship of just knowing him from afar, obviously coaches in the SEC, even assistant ones are so famous. All the players and coaches know each other. They all recruit each other. 
to now getting to know him when he first got the job and what you've seen, like, have you seen the guy change? Do you know him well? Like what's, what, what's, what's your take on him throughout the years? Oh, he hasn't changed. He's, 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 he's a little pit bull. You know, he, he's, he's got that fire in his belly. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. You know, honestly, I don't know how any of these coaches do it. I mean, it is, it is, it's a grind and you really don't realize it as a, as a college player because like you, you wake up, you go to school, you get to the facility a little after lunch, you go to meetings, you go to practice, and then you go home and, you know, hang out with your boys and play video games. Like you don't really see the day-to-day grind of these coaches. I, I really didn't realize the day-to-day grind until, you know, I got to the NFL and I'm in my you know meetings with Matt Nagy, who was the quarterback coach at Kansas city. And before our seven 30 meetings, he's FaceTiming his, his kids at seven o'clock as they get up. And really his only time he got to see his kids during the week was seven o'clock in the morning when they were getting up before school and probably another FaceTime before they went to bed at night, because they're there from five, five thirty to 11 o'clock at night. And now you do that for a college coach, same time, but then you throw in recruiting where these guys are on the road. So, and it's, it's, it's literally, you know, seven days a week, you know, you're in the office 16 to 20 hours and then off season, you're on the road recruiting. I mean, you maybe get two, three weeks off the year where you get to hang out with your family and relax a little bit. But even then, man, I remember one of my 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 teammates, uh, Christian Robinson, who is now the linebacker coach at Baylor. We're in his bachelor party two years ago. I mean, this is the middle of summer bachelor party. We're having a good time. He gets a call from a top recruit. And he's like, I got to go take this call. He's on a call with the top recruit for 30, 45 minutes. The guy called the kid calling him. During his time, he's supposed to be taken off, but you can't, you can't, you can't ignore yeah. it. Where you, do you hang can't, up? you can't mute it. Yeah, because that kid's then going to go call the, the coach at some other school, and he's going to pick up the phone and he's going to say, "Well, you know, Christian blew me off. This guy didn't." So, like, it is all year long. These guys got to be on, and you know, so I'm, I kind of lump all these coaches, but Kirby is to even more the extreme. I mean, he is a absolute dog when it comes to recruiting. Obviously, he learned it from Nick Saban, but I mean, he is relentless. And when it comes to that, of just always on the road, always in his plane, always in the helicopter, always on the phone, always bringing recruits in. After they won the first national championship, I'm down the field, you know, saying congratulations, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, man, I got to go hang out with these recruits. You just won a natty the first time in 40 years. And he wasn't celebrating. He was recruiting. That is that is his life. That is his grind. So uh, he's young. So he's got the energy to do it. I just wonder, man, like at some point there has to be some sort of fatigue factor unless he's taking some magic pill that gives him you know, enough energy to keep up with it. Well, I, I knew someone that had worked for Belichick and worked with Saban and said both those guys have something in common. Like when the season, whenever that is, you know, in the NFL, it's usually training camp and basically runs all the way through the draft. You know, in college, it's, it's kind of changed over the years with recruiting cycles, yep. but there's like a football treadmill. And it doesn't go like 9.0. It goes like 4.5 or whatever. And Bill and Nick can just consistently go the entire time until it ends. And after, you know, Kirby saw it with Nick, I I heard a story. I knew Jim McElwain, who was the offensive coordinator on their first national championship team. After they won that first national championship of the Saban dynasty, he looks at everyone like, I don't know, after the celebration or maybe even before, like we got a recruiting meeting tomorrow at 8 a.m. And everyone looked at each other like, is this guy, he was dead. They had the meeting the next day. And obviously Kirby does it a little differently. And I've heard there's a little bit of a rivalry. They may not, and it's just natural when you are, you become Nick's competition. And that's Nick's thing, right? It's, he likes you and he, he loved Kirby. Kirby's his greatest protege, right? I mean, he's proven to be, I mean, he's going to carry on Nick's legacy in a way, but He's starting to beat him. So Nick's not going to like that. No. And, and obviously Nick last year, I mean, we, we always wonder like, when, when is the end for Nick Saban? Like at some point, I mean, he's 71, maybe 72 this year, somewhere, somewhere in the, the early seventies and, and college football is changing. And, and there's always the thought of, you know, can you, and the saying of, of, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Like can, can Nick continue to evolve with, the new SEC expanded expanded playoffs. This NIL world, which is a complete headache right now. Like, is he? Does he have the energy to do it? And he proved it last year. He still does. I mean, number one recruiting class, probably the best recruiting class that he's ever put together, which says something because they've been number one, you know, a handful of times since he took over. You know, back in in, in the mid two thousands there. So, you know, he's still got the 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 dog in him. He's still got the fight in him. 
you know, T Bob and I kind of kick this around on our show and snaps um, of, of, you know, how much longer two things, you know, will Nick ever win another natty and over under four years left of coaching and or four and a half years. So, you know, will he coach five more years? I, I don't think he coaches another five years and I don't know if he wins another national championship either, because I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be more and more difficult to win a national championship because of this new format. And, you know, all of a sudden you start to see Nick Saban, who has dominated the sport for so long, slowly start coming down that mountain of, you know, he's already lost, you know, hasn't won in two years, which is rare for them. You don't win again this year, which I don't think they have the team to do it. Then you don't win again next year. All of a sudden that's four years in a row and people start questioning like, okay, have, have, you know, have is that truly the last time that we've seen Nick win a few years ago? So um, I would say he makes it another four or five years and I just don't know if we see him win another national championship, though. Well, did you do LSU spring game? I did do LSU spring game. And I remember, I think on Twitter, you, you posted like a picture and like, they're my pick to win it. Like you came away really yeah. impressed. I mean, you obviously I would, nothing's probably changed since then. So you're, you're even acting like you don't even think Nick's the, the favorite to win the West. Not this, I mean, LSU would have the difference between LSU and Alabama this year is Alabama has more depth. I mean, they're, they're too deep, which is just a, you know, them recruiting at a high level for a long time. LSU is, is, is built depth this offseason. They've done a great job in the portal. They've done a great job recruiting, you know, but it's not to the level of Alabama. But if you would ask me today, if you just want to compare starter versus starter, LSU has more, I would say if you did a whole point category, LSU would get more points for me than Alabama, if we want to break it down and especially the big time areas, I think they're better at quarterback. I think with their transfer running back they have in there, which is kind of a coin flip. I think they got better tackles. I think they, they got better receivers. They got a better tight end offensively. They're better and they get the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's the big hiccup. Yeah. You know, this like in today's game, you need a QB. And right now for Alabama, we don't know who that quarterback's going to be. And I can tell you one thing, it, it's whoever it is of those three guys they have on the roster right now, it's not going to be to the same level as Jaden Daniels is. So then you look at LSU on defense. I got Mason T or Mason Smith back at defensive tackle, who's probably going to be a first rounder. They got Harold Perkins, the best linebacker in the country, like position by position, starter wise, LSU is as talented as anyone in the country. It's the two deep. It's all of a sudden. And if those starters get hurt at a couple of key positions, they don't have the depth to compete. And the problem is you face Alabama at the end of the season. How healthy are you going to be by the time you go to Tuscaloosa? That's the only question. But if LSU's healthy, they're the better football team this year. And I think Brian Kelly is one of the best coaches in America. You give him another year of recruiting, they're going to have a top five class. Yeah, They're going to hit the portal well. All of a sudden, you're talking about 2024. They got momentum. They got one of the better coaches who's a little bit younger. And now all of a sudden that gap of depth has significantly shrunken. So LSU's here to stay. You're not saying that that Kelly's going to always beat Nick Saban. I think this is going to be, you know, just as good of a matchup, you know, year in and year out where it's kind of a coin flip kind of game. But I would say, yeah, right now, LSU healthy, LSU is a better football team this year. Do you know that Angie's list is now Angie? Your home for everything home? Listen, as someone who's been looking to buy a place and wants to do big projects once I do close on a house, I don't know where to start. Who am I going to contact? Angie can help you get the best price for your product. They have access to hundreds of thousands of pros, and they make it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure the job is done well. And here's the other thing. The pros in their network are locally based. They have been rated and reviewed by others in your area who have actually used their service. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the website, you could have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. How awesome does that sound? Here's the thing. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would say, obviously, college football rosters as well as you. And I would say even a lot of college football casual fans, like when linemen transfer or safeties transfer. But the transferring of quarterbacks, to me, has been the coolest thing that's ever happened. I mean, a yeah. lot of guys, like 
put you in uh let's use you as an example can just go to school and have a really good career and don't need to transfer but i saw Jaden here at arizona state like he needed a change bo nix needed a change Penix had gotten hurt and now we're talking about all these guys i mean michael Penix, bo nix these guys can potentially first round picks if they have another another yeah. good year Jaden, if they win 11 12 games and competing for a national championship he's a big time athlete big time arm yeah. it, it, you were in the NFL. You saw like some guys just need a change of scenery, new scheme, new coach, yeah. new position coach. And it's a lot of people talk shit about it, but I really believe like it's, it's had a lot of positive benefits for the sport, specifically with quarterbacks and kind of changing programs immediately. Oh my God. Well, it's, it's a key position. I mean, look at Sam Hartman. I had, I had Missouri wake Forest in the bowl game and you kind of knew we knew heading into the game that that was going to be his final game at wake Forest, whether he would you know, go to the NFL or transfer. We weren't sure, but you know, he needed a change. He'd been there, done everything he could. He kind of maxed out at wake Forest, And all of a sudden he's going to be the, the starting quarterback at Notre Dame this year. Who's going to be a really good football team who they're missing piece. What was it? A quarterback. So like you can change your team, as you know, with just a quarterback, look at Southern Cal for goodness sakes. You get a, a, a an average team. For sure, yeah. you get a brand new head coach and a quarterback, and all of a sudden you're you're a couple plays away from being in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden, to me, they're the favorites to win the Pac-12 this year. Like that's all you need. If you got a special quarterback and you get a couple pieces around him, you're a contender today. Today, I mean, why was Alabama good last year? Bryce, you take Bryce off that team. And which is why I think Alabama struggles a little bit this year because I'm not sure about the pieces around the quarterback. It's a eight win team, nine win team. I mean, that's the difference. So you, know, you look at quarterbacks nowadays, and it was weird because you did see a couple power five quarterbacks that were starters leaving. You're kind of like, okay, is it NIL? Is it you know the thought of winning a championship? I think a couple guys made some some mistakes leaving their spot, but um, you know whatever the reason is, or just change of scenery. It's 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 good for them. I think you brought up Bo Nix. Bo, his last year at Auburn, because I covered him a few times, was great. He was a magician, man. He was a one man one man band. He was making plays, running around, making defenders miss, extending plays. Had no no support from receivers. They actually fired the receiver coach middle of the season because that's how bad they were at the receiving position. And you're just like, man, if you put this guy in a team that has some support, there's something there. And all of a sudden, he goes to Oregon and has a hell of a season. I think he's going to have a hell of a season again this year. So, um, it's been fun to watch. It definitely makes the the, the offseason a little bit more entertaining. And from a coach's perspective, do you want to risk bringing in a high school kid that may end up transferring anyways or getting a guy you know, at a Power 5 school that's a proven commodity, bringing him in, plugging him in now, and then all of a sudden, your roster's improved day one. It's 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 a fine balance, you know. You never know what to do, but it, it's hard to pass up some of these guys that are at smaller schools have balled out for a couple of years that you know can come in and be your starter day one. Uh, you know, I kind of have a theory that over Nick Saban's tenure, which is like the lead boat that has brought this tide that's lifted up everyone, made the conference way better, which has bled down to basketball. Now your power you guys have always been good at baseball, but now it's like you're hosting all these regionals. These golf teams are all flying private. That I remember a couple years ago being in Sacramento playing golf with this guy who's a farmer and both of his kids, one went to Tennessee and one went to Ole Miss. And I hear more and more stories about kids that aren't going to like San Diego State or Arizona. They are leaving to go to the Stanford. South. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. do you feel I know you lived in the South most of your life, but like the SEC has just become in an I don't know, a much more cool. Like just like it, it's yeah. it's it's less regional now and more just like I shit, I'd go to I'll go to Georgia, I'll go to Florida, and I'm from Arizona or I'm from Seattle or whatever. Not e- not e- not even to pl- I'm not even talking to play sports. I'm just talking oh, just to, go to, go to school. school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would say for a lot of the universities, I mean academics have improved. They're not that they're not I wouldn't <laughs> I'm not gonna say the the academics are the same as some of the schools on the West Coast. But you know that that is improved. I think more than anything, to me, the difference is the money and what they're putting into it in the resources and the coaches too. I mean, you brought up basketball for the SEC. You know what's been the big change for basketball over the past five years in the SEC? It starts with Sankey. Obviously, you have probably the most powerful voice in all of college sports in Greg Sankey, and he said, "We I want to be better in basketball." We got players in the Southeast 
to, to, to be a better basketball conference, we don't need these guys going to North Carolina and Duke or out to the West yeah. Coast. Like we need to keep them here in the SEC. So what do we do? Okay. Spend money on facilities. Spent money on coaches. All of a sudden, now you got elite coaches, elite facilities, and now these kids want to stay home and come to these schools. And all of a sudden, now you're seeing, I mean, there was a handful of teams in the SEC tournament. You know, Alabama was the number one team in the country for a while. Last year, Auburn was one of the number one teams in the country for a while. Obviously, Kentucky is, is one of the blue bloods out there. So from top to bottom, basketball has improved. Baseball is always going to be great. You know, the women's sports is phenomenal. Basketball, you've had South Carolina and now LSU look as you know, the top two teams in the country this year. Gymnastics has always been elite. Softball has always been one of the top schools. Now you add Oklahoma next year into the mix, who's been the pre predominant team in all of college sports when it comes to softball. Like there isn't a sport now that the SEC can't say we're one of the top, I guess basketball, maybe you could say they're three, but besides men's basketball, and maybe that, that's even a good discussion too. We're one of the top one or two conferences in that sport in America. It's just, they, they, they got more money to spend. And these kids want to go to places that have big fancy facilities that they know is going to put me in the best situations to excel in college and then possibly go to pro afterwards. Obviously from a money standpoint, Texas and Oklahoma only going to bring more cash with those two brands. Yep. But from an on-the-field standpoint, do you consider yourself one of those SEC elitists that just go, we are going to beat the shit out of these guys? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I mean, if there's two teams that are ready to join the SEC, it would be Texas Oklahoma. I mean, I, I know... You know, Oklahoma had a little bit of a down year last year. You know, you expect Venables to kind of get that ship going in the right direction. They had a good recruiting class. Aaron, he better because he won't make it to the SEC with another season like that. I think he so will. I think he will. I think they'll give him a year, three years. You don't want to go into the SEC with a brand new coach either. That's you true. Know, like, it's it's, it's kind of like, do you want to go into the SEC with a brand new coach? You fire that one. Then you get a mass exodus of players in the transfer portal. Wow. And you're kind of limping into the SEC. It's like, eh, I'd rather give him one opportunity you know, give him that third year to build and then see what he could do before you make a decision. You know, if anyone's on the hot seat, it's Sark. I think if Sark, you know, if Sark has a seven, eight win team this year, then you do question, okay, you've had the time and you can't have success your third year in, in the big 10, 12, what gives us any confidence you're going to have success in the SEC? Like that, that's a problem. Um, but I do expect both teams to be contending for the big 12 this year they're just more talented than everyone else but they've also been more talented and they haven't proven in the past couple of years so we'll see if they get the ship right but if anyone in the big 12 or the pac 12 to to make the transition right now or the acc those would be two of four or five teams that i said okay you bring them into the sec right now they could compete possibly day one you know you're you're a quarterback and i know you keep tabs on all these guys Trevor, probably the last couple of years, best prospect, you know, Bryce and, and some of these guys and CJ, would you put Caleb? I mean, for my money, Caleb might be a little more physically gifted than Trevor in terms of probably a little more powerful arm. Obviously, Tre Trevor's going to turn into an excellent NFL player, oh, yeah. but it, I mean, Caleb's got a chance to be one of the best prospects in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, Caleb would have been the first player picking off the draft this year. I mean, that, that's Easily. a major conversation yeah. now. I mean, if, if, if Caleb and Trevor are coming out at the same time, who you take it? And I mean, I'm just such a big fan of, of Mahomes and, and what Mahomes has done. And he is, to me, he's Mahomes today. There isn't the work that Andy Reid needs to put into it of, you know, sitting behind Alex Smith for a year, read, you know, refining his tools and then kind of giving him to the, the keys to the car the following year. Like, you get Caleb now, he's ready to go. And he does everything you want from a quarterback standpoint of, you know, the arm talent, the accuracy, the escapability, the creativity, um, the the running ability, all that stuff. I mean, he is, I, I know everyone hates comparisons, but you just, you, you have to, you have to give comps to people because you kind of have to project what they could possibly be at the next level. He's, he's Mahomes, but he's more ready to play in the NFL earlier than Mahomes was. So I would take him. I think he's, I think he's a better prospect, but I'm with you too. Like Trevor is a freak, you know, and, and, and Trevor had a hell of a year last year, finished off strong. I was with Doug Peterson for three years of my career there between Kansas city and, and Philadelphia. And I can tell you one thing, Doug's going to make sure that that kid continues to get better and better and better and better. But right now, Caleb is, 
he's special. I mean, he's special. And, you know, you, you, to me, I know Bryce was in a position to go back to back Heisman's. Caleb's a better prospect than, than Bryce Young was. And, 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 and yeah, it's for more sure. of, even more of a legitimate opportunity to go back to back when it comes to Heisman's. One thing was clear by the end of the year, right? SC's defense, that they had no business being a playoff team. They couldn't hang with the big dogs. He's definitely, he's landed a, multiple SEC transfers on defense. Uh, I, uh, clearly, they've, I'm sure, recruited that position. Do you think it's enough time to be competitive with, you know, the top two or three? Could they win the national championship this year? They could. They could. They could easily win the national championship this year. I don't think you needed. You don't need a, 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 a an incredible improvement on defense. I don't think you do. I don't think you need all of a sudden to be. I mean, they're giving up, you know, high 20 points per game, 27, 28, I think somewhere around there. You don't need all of a sudden to be giving up 18 points a game to be a national contender. With with Caleb at quarterback in that offense and, and yeah. how good they're going to be this year, you just need to be a team that gives up instead of 28 points per game, gives up 24 points per game. You know, that that's it. I mean, you look at the, their games last year. I mean, their losses were, were you know, one-score games. So if you can just get a little bit better, which personnel-wise, they're significantly better on defense, which should translate into, you know, points per game. To me, anytime you have a quarterback like Caleb, you're going to have an opportunity to win a national championship. And, and, and I'll say this too, even though Georgia has dominated on defense the past two years, Offenses still win championships. Look at two years ago versus Alabama. Alabama beat the living crap out of Georgia in the SEC championship game. Probably would have beat Georgia once again in the Natty had both receivers been healthy. Last year, Ohio State probably should have beat Georgia if they're healthy on, on, on offense, if both receivers are healthy, if Marvin Harrison doesn't get knocked out. What had to win the game for Georgia? Their offense. Defense can get you there, and it's awesome to have. But if you want to win a championship in today's game, it starts first with the offense. And and right now, USC has a championship offense and a defense that just needs to get a little bit better, which they will. So, yeah, they're 100% contenders. Saban's been saying that now for half a decade, right? That the game changed. Uh, I get a lot of questions from people, Bears fans, Lions fans, Falcons fans, that like, why didn't we just take Jalen Carter? And my take on this is just the uh, Eagles were uniquely set up with older vet legend guys on defense, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and then kind of that young guys that have played with him to kind of handle the situation. You're a Georgia guy. Uh, w- what was your take on, on the Jalen Carter just overall situation? And do you think that he went to the right spot? Well, he went to the right spot for him. I think the biggest thing is is the Georgia players. I mean, they have that many guys that were his boys um, that he, he he knows and he's comfortable with. You know, if I'm if I'm Howie, I'm telling those guys like, hey, you better be taking him to dinner. You better be rooming with him. You better be with him twenty four seven, and you guys just rotate and, and 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 essentially be glorified babysitters. So I think for him, it's a perfect spot because he's going to be comfortable to be able to hang out with those guys to you know hopefully stay out of trouble and do everything right, but. When it comes to just pure talent, he was the most talented player in this draft to me. I mean, he was he was the best player in the draft. He's a guy that, you know, if you didn't need a quarterback, I'm picking him first. He's instant Aaron Donald, day one, disruptor, takes on two blocks, can 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 win in the run game, can win the pass game. You know, to me, that as a quarterback, that's always a tougher guy. Like I love Will Anderson. You know, but if if there's a you know a one technique or a three technique that can get after the quarterback and put pressure in my face, that is so much harder than a defensive end coming off the edge. So much harder. So best player, most gifted player in the draft. If that incident didn't happen with the crash, I I think he goes higher. But I think for his sake, this was the best situation for him to go to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, and when you say Nakobe Dean and Nolan Smith are like captain level high character you know that's yep. pretty uniquely suited for him uh i don't think people probably listening quite understand this you know in college it's like how do guys that leave the alabama's program then get in trouble in the pros or you know it's like well actually the, it's easier to control in college than once you get to the pros. you have a lot more time and i guess with mm-hmm. nil it's changed a little bit but you got a lot more money especially if you're a first round pick you're also not living in that town either i mean most nfl guys 
you know, as soon as the season's over with, they're on the next flight the that, next day true. to go back yeah. home. You know, you, there, there's not that controlled environment where you, know, you go to Georgia, you go to Alabama, you usually have a guy who is in charge of making sure everyone kind of is doing, you know, what is right on and off the field. And you're in small college towns most of the time. So it's it's a little bit easier to manage. Now, obviously, Georgia is struggling a little bit with these kids wanting to be NASCAR drivers. And that's a bit of a problem right now. But you can usually handle it a little bit easier you know, but then you do have the problem of the, they are 18 to 22 year olds that are still yeah. physically and mentally maturing and, and they're going to make a lot more mistakes than a guy that's, you know, I would say the majority of guys that are in the NFL that are five plus years in, you know, a lot of them are married. They have kids, they got responsibilities. Like they're not going, they're not going crazy, you know, and obviously they're a little bit more mentally and physically mature. So it's kind of however you view it. But it is, I would, like you said, it is a little bit easier to control when you're in a small college town. You mentioned it when you got drafted, you went to a place that had Andy Reid, Alex Smith, Doug Peterson, and, and Matt Nagy. What was just first impressions getting to the Chiefs? What was that experience like? Uh, it was awesome. And I, I remember my first meeting because we also had Chase Daniel, who... You know, the, one of the greatest backups in, in, in NFL history <laughs> when it comes to money. Uh, you know, he's just done a hell of a job. But, you know, I remember walking into that room and seeing all those, those just powerful minds that just know the game. And I remember they were talking about plays. And I sat down and, and they're, they're going through certain plays. And I'm like, they're just messing with me. Like, it sounded like, like I'm trying to learn Mandarin right now. It sounded like Mandarin to me. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I thought it was like some rookie hazing. We're just joking with a young kid. And I open up the playbook and it's, it's legit. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's old school West. I mean, it's true West coast offense where plays are 15, like 25 words long. And that was a, a really hard part for me, but the way that coach Reed kind of broke down the plays and why he was calling the plays and, and, kind of how the offense changed. I mean, today's game nowadays, which is incredible, which is, I love it, really goes through the tight end a lot of times. You see it in the NFL, you see it in college, and it's all about matchups. It's how can we move our chess pieces around to get the best matchup? And I remember my rookie year was was uh, Travis's first year to play, the year before he was hurt. And seeing how Coach Reed moved him around the offense, seeing how Coach Reed move Jamal Charles around the offense. I mean, we had zero, the first time in NFL history, zero touchdowns, receiving touchdowns from a receiver. But we would flex Kelsey out. We would move Jamal to receiver. I mean, Jamal ran a bench route as a receiver and caught it for a touchdown. Yet our receivers didn't do that. But Andy Reid knew if I put Jamal in this situation, he would have the better matchup to be able to run this route, get open, catch, and score a touchdown. Things like that, which I just never thought i was like running back plays running back tight end plays tight end not running back goes down plays receiver tight end goes plays receiver tight ends in the backfield like stuff like that to me just really opened my eyes up to what the potential of offenses can be and now we're seeing more and more of it at all levels of football what was andy like uh, from a player's perspective in the meetings with, with, with the quarterbacks hilarious always joking always getting after us about something uh, and always hell of stories. I mean, inc- like we would have our post-practice meetings, which would end five, five 30. And, you know, that would always turn it. He would come into those meetings with us, with the quarterbacks and, and ended up being, he would tell us like a 20, 30 minute story after that of something from like back in the day at green Bay or Philly. And it was just always really cool to hear that. Always, always joking with guys during installs, had a fun way to, you know, because it gets monotonous, man. You're installing a lot of times very similar plays over and over and over again. And every time he'd find some new little funny twist on it to get guys to pay attention, to grab one more little nugget about the offense, which was, was his specialty. But man, he was, he was awesome to be around and and, and Nagy was the same way. and, And so was Doug. What, uh, how about Alex? Obviously, his career, you know, you, you were seeing the, the, the career renaissance uh, of a guy who's seen some low moments, uh, just being around him on a daily basis. Uh, w- what was Alex like? He was, man, he was like a big brother. 
it was funny because Chase and Alex were very different, you know, and I, both of them were great and I got great relationships with them, but Alex was, you know, so secure for a guy that you like you allude to had such ups and downs to start his career. I mean, four offensive coordinators and four head coaches in his first four years. He was like 20 years old when he got drafted, obviously all the back and forth between him and Rogers and all that stuff, but to be so secure with who he was and what he was doing in his process and to never feel threatened. You know, he was always there to give advice and give help and break down plays for me. Like, I mean, was just, was just so awesome to me. And Chase, Chase is the same way. Chase is so damn smart. Um, but Chase would haze the shit out of me. I mean, just absolute haze me, uh, you know, especially my rookie year with, you know, having to do, you know, pick up shoulder pads and pick up donuts and this and that and the other, but um, both were awesome, awesome, awesome to be around. You know, people often ask me, like, why is Andy such a better offensive coach than like 99% of people? Is it just beside the crazy stuff that now Mahomes does, even back when, were you at the game when Jamal Charles had like the three against the Raiders uh, screen oh, passes? Like five touchdowns. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a year before. Yeah. Five, I think he had like four or five total and then like the three screens. Yeah. It was just like, why, why do you think Coach Reed is such a good offensive play caller slash schemer? I mean, it goes back, I think, because of what I talked about before. Like, he's not afraid to put guys in different positions. I mean, to tell a guy like Jamal, like, hey, man, you're going to flex around and you're going to move around. Like, you may have just played running back at Texas your whole life, but you're going to play a little receiver. And Kelsey, you're like, he just thinks outside the box. And and another fun thing is, you know, we'd be in, in morning meetings and he would show up like at, you know, seven, not he'd already be there in the facility, but he'd walk into our, our, our meeting and you know he'd have like a napkin of dribbled up plays and he'd like look at us he says what do you guys think of this he said i woke up last night and just thought of this and just wrote it down like he'd have like just random like you know 7-eleven napkins by his bed or in his office where he would just jot down ideas and um i think that man it just really pushing the limits of what each player can do and then when you give that player that responsibility i think guys like that more you know, they like to be, you know, to know that, hey, Coach Reed views me as not just this, but this, 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 and this, and this, and this is how I can better the offense. And I think that helps guys take their game to another level as well. So not only is it the schematics, but it's getting the most out of the players. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I'll get you out of here on this. Hypothetically speaking, would you rather go NIL money pay taxes or get the large brown bags, no taxes, hypothetically speaking. Uh, I mean, is there a difference in the money? I mean, what are we talking well, about? Well, you got to factor in the taxes. Yeah. I mean, say, similar yeah. for quarterbacks, you guys now. I mean, I don't know if brown bags were ever hitting seven figures. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever thought about like what you would have done? You know, let's just, let's just say half a million dollars, you know, at 19 years uh, old. Half a million dollars of, of brown bag money. Like the problem with that oh, is that's that's, yeah. that's a no brainer. Well, no, I don't know if that's a brand. I mean, how are you going to clean that cash? I mean, that's are we going to have to go, you know, 
Are we gonna have to go? But you guys don't have to pay for cars or food or anything. You just you just pocket money. Yeah, but what am I gonna do with half a million dollars in cash? I'm gonna you know, stuff it under my bed in my dorm room. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean that just to me that it sounds stressful, and I'll end up getting like arrested because I'll put it all in my bank account, and then all of a sudden I you know get a knock on the door like where'd all this half a million dollars come from, and you haven't reported any of it. So I've watched too many Ozarks and stuff like that's, that. That's, I mean, true, to, that's true. That's true. That's true. I have to find a way to clean it. So the, sto- the stories on the out. So give me that aisle. The stories on these NIL. I mean, you're you're living it around these guys, hearing these stories, calling. The, is it a little overblown? Uh, not necessarily for like a Caleb, yes. but just the average. Way is, is everyone making yes. three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? It is. It is so overblown. It is your superstars. It's top recruits because of these collectives. You know, these collectives are putting together pretty lucrative packages for some of these recruits. Like a down payment to buy, like to get the guy, or do I sign a deal over the course of his career? How does that you work? You sign a deal over the course. You sign like essentially a deal. I just don't know how long like that's going to last because you know A&M just dealt with this. You get this incredible recruiting class. Guys are smoking weed in the locker room. Guys, <laughs> half that class is gone. That was so my, like, fav- that was my favorite me- SEC story in 2022. Dude smoking weed in the locker room. I'm like, if, if I'm a booster and I just wrote a check for 100K and that's what I just paid for, don't think that I'm going to write another check for 100K next year. I just did. That model is so unsustainable and not what NIL was intended for. And at some point, the market's going to correct itself a little bit. It's a mess right now. So we'll see. But um, it, I will I will say like what you said, it is, it ain't, everyone ain't getting paid. That's for sure. There's definitely a we got our haves and we got our have nots. Just like the NFL, though. That's like the NFL marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's, you know, the, the big boys are getting paid. You know, obviously you got a salary cap, so it's not that big of a deal. I mean, guys are still getting paid, but you know, offensive linemen aren't getting two million, three million dollars in marketing money. They're getting their base salary, they're getting their they're, they're getting their Madden check, and that's about it. When you go to one of these spring games or you call a game the fall, number one thing the assistant coaches are complaining about is dealing with NIL and transfer guys. Not even close. 24/7, right? man. Yeah. 24-7. It's it's and I, I hope the market corrects itself a little bit and it goes to what it was intended for, which was you ball out and take care of Waffle House wants to give you a deal, then you get a deal with Waffle House or Nike or Gatorade, not you know, hey, we want to go incentivize this kid out of high school who's never played college football to come to our university. We're gonna offer him $13 million, like the whole Jaden Rashada thing. Like that's just it's stupid. Is that guy even good? I guess, we'll, I guess you'll find out being there in in, uh, in Arizona. You'll you'll find out soon. Well, like two years ago, I was living in the Bay Area, and he was right down the street, kind of close to where Najee Harris had yep. played high school football. And he was kind of a late, you know, Najee. People knew about him when he was like ten. Yep. This guy was kind of a late bloomer, and then it just kind of took off like a wildfire. And then all of a sudden, he's being offered fifteen million dollars from Florida Collective, and like that. No, this is not happening. But that feels yep. kind of like a seminal moment in this whole thing, where people are like, "This is." Or is that it's too no, much? Maybe, maybe not. I he's like that. He's not even. I don't know if he's somewhere on like he was running that like that ten number ten mark for quarterbacks. I mean, he, he was going to get paid more than all these other quarterbacks that were, you know, projected a lot higher than him. I just it it made no sense. It got to be some battle between I believe them and Miami, and just number got being bid up and bid up and bid up. And, yes, true. And obviously got a little bit too out of control. So I don't know. I, I to me. I just, I think, like I said, that at some point, boosters are going to be like, no moss. Like, yeah. we can't just keep funding these kids. What do you got on tap the rest of the week? A uh, nine at Augusta, maybe later this week? Or what, what, what does a guy, former quarterback in Georgia, do? Yeah, I, I would love, I would love that. Uh, try and golf as much as I can, you know, as long as the wife lets me. We got two kids now, which is a little bit tough. And uh, daily show and snaps, baby. So if you need a good college football show, you know, we got a brand new channel now. Um, so make sure you check it out on YouTube, youtube.com backslash at volume snaps. Uh, it's myself and T Bob. So we have a lot of fun. You know, we're kind of chatting up before our, this show right now. And uh, T Bob is one of the best characters in all of college sports. Right. So we have a good time. Absolutely. You would not know. You just think he was like a radio performer. He also played football at LSU. You know, it's not like he's highest ranked, <laughs> highest ranked player on NCAA his senior year for LSU. What was his number? I think he was, I mean, it's been the 90s, somewhere in the 90s. 
now because you know you former athletes complain nonstop the game may never come back you know everyone's bitching that they're only getting five hundred dollars or something i read i saw a headline these are so stupid so stupid like who cares yeah there's seven million players what do you think every guy's gonna get seven thousand dollars take your money be in the game and be happy Oh, it's just that's it's, it's, it's some agency that's trying to make a name for itself and, and put players together and tell them that they're getting ripped off. Is it a great deal for you? Probably not. Who gives a crap? Just sign your name and you're going to be on the game. And guess what? Guess what? NCAA, the game was great without you. And I guarantee you they'll move forward without you too. People don't care. The, the number one mode at NCAA is dynasty mode which you're out of dynasty mode after two years anyways. <laughs> so they'll be happy just to go on with the game, even without you. So don't, don't, don't be an idiot. Well, Aaron, uh, thanks for coming on, bro. Have a, uh, have a good rest of the summer. I know you guys, you guys in the South, you go to the shore and you go to here and, you know, weather's good down there. You, your ocean's about, you know, 80 degrees. This isn't the Pacific oh, ocean yeah. out here, but you got some sharks and alligators. You got a lot of critters down there. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Well, appreciate you having me on today. Take it easy, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.